All yours. Well, good morning. I hated to hear that there uh, have been some increase in uh, cases recently there in uh, in Malaysian Johor. We didn't realize. We just were noticing today. I think on Facebook, Angie was saying to some um, people ha hashtagging about closing the border, closing off J closing off Johor and. Um, here in Kentucky, where we are in the U.S., we've had uh, today our highest number of cases, I think ever the highest number of single-day cases that they announced, over, over 1,200, I think, today. And so uh, it's, it seems like it's going on forever, and, and yet um, still, what a challenge. And so we, we keep praying for, for you, and I know there's a, a lot of extra effort involved in uh, meeting together um, and registering for the services and keeping those records and the cleaning and the way you have to come in and the way you have to go out. And so, uh, thanks for the extra effort for those who are there actually in the church's building and for, uh, others who are watching, uh, either at home or, uh, gathered together with, uh, other brothers and sisters somewhere, then we, uh, we appreciate the effort that you're making to be together and to continue to stay connected. Uh, when we come to this time with the, uh, with the core values, I really, really one of my favorite times all year long, and uh, especially probably this particular one. Right, we have uh, have a great heart for uh, sharing Christ and for not only sharing Christ but mobilizing other people to share Christ so that the the kingdom might be grown that way. And when we started, it's been uh, going on seven years now, seven years since we started the church. And uh, as we started, we would continually, uh, we would ask people, what do you think is the biggest store in JB? I know, uh, I think Sam and I had this conversation uh, years ago. We, we would ask people, what do you think is the biggest uh, retail place in, in JB? And we would talk and people would think, and normally they would say Tesco or uh, Aeon maybe, right? But just thinking of somewhere that's got a lot of uh, space when you go into the shop. And uh, my answer would always be, after I asked the question and allowed them to answer, my answer would always be, I think 7-Eleven has the most uh, square footage of any store that is in JB. When we lived in uh, Tropica, there near Compass, I, I think we had three, eventually three 7-Eleven locations opened up inside our uh, neighborhood. We had, uh, when we were in Permachaya, we just had, sometimes it would just, there would, you could stand somewhere and see two 7-Eleven shops uh, you know, if you just twisted this way and then that, you could see a couple of them that were side by side. And so our vision for the church at IBCBI and our vision for the way that we felt like the church should be growing around Johor was always in the terms of uh, more smaller fellowships that we would get big as a church by sending people out, by uh, by, by church planting, by sending out uh, people that were missionaries, by sending people back to their home countries. All of these uh, things were part of the original heart in starting IBCBI. We wanted to be bigger, but bigger by sending, not just bigger by growing bigger and you know buying stuff and adding staff people and all of those kinds of uh, things. We aimed to be a body of believers that would bring people in, would help them mature in their faith, and then would send them back out later better equipped than, than uh, when we first got them, better equipped than when they arrived. We, we intended to leave better equipped to be good church members. Uh, we intended to be better equipped than when we first arrived. We wanted to send people out to make an impact all over the world. And so that's why we uh, have this as one of our core values that we are always sending. This is how it, this is how it reads. 
uh, on the wall there. We gather for a season, and then we are sent out to the ends of the earth. Every effort, every effort must be made to turn out believers who are deeper, stronger disciples than when they arrived. We send out expecting that the greatest days of kingdom impact are ahead for each one of us. For us to be a ascending kind of church, it requires a, a reorientation of, of what we're looking for in the church. And I, I learned this when I was attending some uh, international church fellowships with other pastors and counselors and people. Uh, they, would, they, would really, uh, they really helped me understand that if we're going to be an international church, that we have to be. We have to be defined by the fact that people are always coming and people are always, always going. And if we don't uh, sort of lean into that, if we don't embrace that part of our identity, then it will be something that is continually wounding us as a people. The meaning this, if we don't have uh, the expectation that God's going to consistently be taking people out of our lives and then putting new people into our lives, then we are going to reach a spot where we just say, I, I can't, I just can't take that kind of uh, emotional turmoil anymore. I, I love those people. They were my best friends. We played frisbee together, or we went to movies together, or we went to karaoke together. We had, uh, we golfed together, and whatever these, we shopped or we had tea or any of these things. We would just say, I, I can't make any more new friends. It's just too hard when we see those people go. And so we ended up, we will end up making a decision not to invest in new people. We'll say, hi, nice to meet you, uh, have a donut, or maybe we'll have lunch together. But we, we do that with the intention of not really investing in them as friends. Lots of people will take an overseas contract, say they'll come from uh, the U.S., or they'll come from Australia, or they'll come to, uh, from the Philippines or somewhere, and, and they'll take a contract and they think, I'm going to be here for a year, I'm going to be here for two years, and so I don't really need friends. I'm going to stay connected to my uh, people at home and I'll have, uh, I'll have colleagues. And so I don't really need friends. Um, I'm just not, I'm not going to be here long enough to really invest in people that way. In the same way, if you're local, you're, you're maybe you're uh, Indonesian or you're Singaporean or you're Malaysian and you're kind of in the area long term, you might say, I'm just tired of people coming and I'm tired of people going. We just, I, I just emotionally, I don't, if I, I'm sure I'm going to befriend this person, but in six months, they're going to be gone. And it's difficult sometimes as a local to be in there and to think, uh, where is the stability that we need in a church like this when people are constantly coming and going? When we're ascending fellowship like this, it increases the neediness that we have. And neediness is not really a thing that we like as human beings. We find our, ourselves in that position, constantly asking God, what, what would you have us do? We need your help. We need some direction. We feel powerless. We know he's powerful, but we still don't like to feel powerless. And we send out these people, and now we've got a, a hole that needs to be filled, and who's going to take care of this task, and who's going to take care of that task, and we just, we just do not like feeling that way. So today we come to this. We're thinking about always sending. We come to one of the greatest cases, I think, of sacrificial sending in all of the New Testament. It's in the book of Acts, just a few verses in Acts chapter 13, if you want to look at it. Acts chapter 13. And it's uh, the first three verses when Paul and Barnabas are sent off from the church there at uh, Antioch. 
Here's what it says, Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church in Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of, of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you that you've called us to be a sending body, whether that church is IBCBI or our, that church is our home church. It's the church we grew up in. All churches are called to be sending out people into the harvest field. And so we pray that you would speak to us as we look at this topic, as this, at this, uh, this defining value of who we are as a church. I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. And I pray that, Lord, you would bring healing where there's been difficulty because we've lost a relationship. I pray that you would bring openness where we uh, sometimes are guarded with our hearts because of people coming and going. Uh, even especially in these days when, when we're uh, over, the, over the past uh, six or seven or eight months, we've been at, kind of taught that other people are something that we need to be afraid of. And uh, so I pray that you would help us, that we would be willing to uh, reach out and uh, connect with new people and not be afraid of who they are. So we pray you guide our time together. We pray that you would speak to us and that you would be glorified. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we, we see the actual the start of this church uh, here. They're sending out Barnabas and uh, Saul in chapter 13. But we actually see the start of that church just slightly earlier in uh, Acts 11 in verse 19. It talks about the fact that, that uh, disciples had been scattered. And as they were scattered because of the persecution that was happening in Jerusalem, they were just sort of sharing the gospel as they were going. They would, they would move on up the road, and they, every town that they went through, every uh, place that they stopped, they would share Christ, and they would see people come to faith, and then they would move on. But in verse 20, it says, some of these, some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, are, who coming on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking people there, and they preached the Lord Jesus. Now, maybe one of these uh, people from Cyrene was the very leader that we see in chapter 13 when it says that Lucius of Cyrene was one of the leaders. He, he could have been. We don't know for sure. There's people, though, from uh, Cyprus and Cyrene who, who came into this uh, town, and they, they stopped, and they invested, and they made a difference. And so they started to be uh, there, pouring their lives into others so that they could um, so that they could uh, hear about the gospel and that the, that the church could grow. Well, as the news of what's happening in Antioch spreads back to Jerusalem, the apostles hear what's happening, and they take Barnabas. Now, Barnabas is from Cyprus, right? So there's a connection with some of the people who have been working there. The apostles send Barnabas to Antioch and say, go check this out, Barnabas. Tell us what's happening there. We want you to go and investigate. Barnabas gets there. He sees it's going incredibly well. And so then he leaves Antioch. He goes to Tarsus to, to find Saul, and he brings him back. And together, they minister in that city for a year. There's a writer named uh, Ajit Fernando, and he just points out how incredibly diverse this group of leaders was for a diverse city like this. There were people that were raised up as Jews, like Barnabas and Saul, but they were raised up as Jews 
outside Jerusalem. They're from Cyprus. They were from uh, Tarsus. There were people from Africa, right? We hear about uh, a Simeon who was almost certainly a black man. We uh, hear about, uh, uh, we hear about uh, Lucius, who's from Cyrene there, which is in modern-day Libya. We have a guy who grew up with uh, Herod the Tetrarch, who he becomes king, right? This guy's a friend of the king. Imagine that. One becomes a royalty and the other becomes a leader in the church. These people come together and they speak uh, different kinds of languages. They bring these different cultural experiences together and they're ministering side by side there in Antioch. And then we can see from the, what happened in uh, chapter 11 that Barnabas and uh, Paul saw they didn't start this church. This was the, the church was started by some other people. But we can tell from all the things that happen in, in uh, the church in Asia and all throughout Acts that they were incredibly important leaders in this church. And so when the Holy Spirit says, give me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to, that's a pretty, that's a pretty sacrificial offering that this church is making when they send them out. The Holy Spirit says, I need your two best leaders. I need your two best leaders. And I need you to send them out for the work that I've called them to. It's important for us to realize uh, how that church heard and uh, how they reacted. Because I, I, I think sometimes we, uh, we will super spiritualize how the church is hearing things. And uh, sometimes we, we kind of make it out like, oh, well, that, they're, they're Bible characters. And so how they reacted is a little bit different maybe than uh, how we're supposed to be reacting today. And back in chapter 13, verse 2, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So verse two says, while they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. At IBCBI, or for that, for, for that matter, any, any church that's operating today, we, we, probably, um, we probably hear the voice um, of the Lord most when we're in a setting when we're together like that. Um, maybe we don't hear the voice most when we're sitting by ourselves. Maybe we're thinking about our problems and we're thinking about uh, the obstacles that are out there before us. But when the church is gathered together, it's easier for us to hear the voice of the Lord. I do believe that. When we, we focus on uh, together, corporately, what the Lord is doing and we focus on who he is, it's easier for us to hear from him. That's one of the things for me that's made it most difficult. I love to sing with other believers. I love to sing with other believers. And it's just different when I'm home by myself. If I'm watching a service on TV or I'm, I'm trying to participate on Zoom, it's just different. And I've noticed that the few times that I've participated in a corporate worship service here in Kentucky since uh, all, of, all of this began, it, imp it still impacts when I'm in a service and my mask is on and I just, I just don't participate in the same way. And when I don't participate and other people around me are not participating, they're, they're spread out, they're six or 10 feet away and they've got a mask on and I can't hear other people singing and praising as well, it impacts. It impacts sort of, the for me, the way that I hear from the Lord, the way that I interact from the Lord. And 2020 has been a year like that where I just, I'll get focused on what I and missing out on or I'll get focused on problems and I'll just think about how tough it's been and I'm not seeing maybe the Lord work or I'm not hearing his voice asking me to do things in the way that I would be if I was more closely gathered together. 
So how did the church there in Antioch behave? They, they're together, they're worshiping, they're fasting, and the Lord, he says, give me your two best leaders. And how do they, how do they react? I think they react uh, obediently. In verse 3 it says, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. We've experienced that, haven't we? We've, as a group of people, we've just, we've been through this a number of times. We've sent out, uh, in the years that we've been in existence, we've sent people to the UK. We've sent people to the Philippines, to China. We've sent people to South Africa and Canada and Germany and Kenya uh, and Indonesia. We just, it seems like we've sent people all over the world. We started out as this sending kind of church and so when uh, someone, their contract finished and they were going home to Nigeria or they're going back to Australia or New Zealand, we would gather around them and we would put our hands on them and we would pray that God would send them, send them out and use them either to uh, grow a biblical church or to plant a biblical church in their new community. And we would ask the Lord for new people to come and take care of the, the space that, that was going to be left when we lost these families. We've done this a number of times, and, 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 and it's, in a sense, it's always very encouraging because God's moving people into some new exciting thing. And in a sense, it's, it's been really discouraging on a number of times. When I've, when I've uh, heard someone, they say, oh, my, my, this has happened, that's happened in my life. I've gotten an opportunity. I'm moving, and, I, and I'm listening, and I'm thinking, this is hurting me. <laughs> This is hurting me personally. I'm excited for you, but it's hurting me because I'm afraid what, who's going to take care of the thing that you've been taking care of here in the church. And it's caused me to worry sometimes. It doesn't, just because it's, uh, it's exciting doesn't mean we don't feel a loss or have uh, difficulty. It doesn't mean that we don't say, Lord, how can you take this person? We need them. We need them. Please don't take this family away from us right now. But that kind of pain, if we're going to be ascending church, it's a necessary pain. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you remember, we had a family early on, early on when we started from uh, England, Dominic and Andy, uh, they worked at Newcastle Medical University. And uh, I I've shared this before, but I, I just, I love what Andy said. At some point they had gone back to the UK and uh, this is what she wrote about her time at IBCBI. She said, I've been spoiled. No other church will ever be quite the same. I tell people, I think it was maybe how church is supposed to be. I used to feel like I was going home and being with my family. No hierarchy, no traditions, just a bunch of people getting together and worshiping God. But when they finished their time in Malaysia, they went back to uh, England. One of the things that they were uh, tempted to do was sort of to get back into the rut that they had always been in. What kind of church do we need? We have two young girls and we want this kind of music and this kind of atmosphere and all those sorts of things. But then they realized there was a church just across the street, the small parish church, and they realized that church really needs us. And they joined that church. And that's the place that they began their ministry once they got back to the UK. They weren't thinking, uh, what do I need? They came to IBCBI and they were changed. And when they moved on, they said, what does this church need? And what does this community need? And how can I be a part of that? Their mindset had changed. Part of the reason that that happens to people like us is that IBCBI has this unique ability. It has a unique situation because we have to prepare people. We're just, it's a necessity that we're constantly preparing people. You are getting pressed sometimes into service 
because we just need to have things done. We need to have someone that can help. And so we find people that will say, I don't know that I'm the best choice, but I'm, I'm happy to help out if, if you can use me. This, I'll I share this other illustration from uh, Andy's life. When we first started, Anthony and I, uh, together with the believers at uh, Trinity Baptist Church, we bought a, a keyboard. We didn't have a keyboard player. Anthony was playing guitar and we were having worship like that. But we decided we were going to buy a keyboard. And we bought the keyboard and we put it on the platform and we just prayed that God would send us someone that could play the keyboard. And it just sat there sort of week after week. And finally, one Sunday, Andy came and said, uh, I'm rubbish, really, but if you'll have me, then I'll try. And she played the keyboard faithfully for us nearly every Sunday until they were gone. And when they were gone, then the keyboard sat empty until someone else, like Jamie said, I, I, I can help. I can do that. That's something that I'm, I'm skilled at. I can be a part of that. And Tina came along and other people, God brought people in that filled these roles that were so necessary. People saw that we needed help teaching with Sunday school or leading Bible studies or helping us deal with the finances or any of these other things that we have to do. We, we still have to do. People that can play instruments and they can sing and they can teach and people that can help with this kind of thing with the, with the web service and all, all of these sorts of things, the live streams and getting these videos uh, uploaded so people can watch them through the week. We, with worship registration nowadays, right? Those, these things are always changing. We'll, we'll, we'll get together again sometime in the future. And when we get together sometime in the future, we'll have new people that will be coming again. And we need to make sure that we're open up. We're open for new folks when they come. We, we need them to be involved. If we're going to be always sending, then we have to be always ready to be raising up new people to fill empty slots that we have in the church. We have these guidelines now. They're going to be uh, eased at some point. And at some point, the building is going to be full again. We're going to need people that will invite their neighbors. We'll, we'll pick up a friend and bring them to church with them. We don't need experts, but we do need people that are faithful. We don't need a ton of experience, but we need people who will believe that if they uh, offer themselves and pray and ask God to help them, that God will help them. We need people like that that can come alongside and serve uh, and fill those gaps. You don't have to be Paul and Barnabas. You just have to be willing to step in and help out in the ways that you can. We need people who will believe in Jesus and believe that he will give things that we ask for in his name. So what's it mean for uh, us to be uh, always sending? Uh, I have a couple of things that uh, I feel like we can do, three things, I guess that I feel like we can do and as we try to um, emulate this uh, church and their obedience that they had there in uh, Antioch. Here's the first thing. I would say we should be ministering now where we can, how we can. There's a lot of things we can't do and restrictions are going to come and go. We're going to have certain things open, certain things closed, and that's just going to continue, I guess, for uh, some, while, some while. But we need to be uh, doing what we can, while we can, where we can. God's given you some gifts, and so you need to be uh, using them. One of the commentaries I read as I was looking at this passage, it says in verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And we, we read that, and we tend to think, okay, they're in like a service, and they're all singing, and they're uh, fasting together. 
And so what this commentary was saying is that word that is translated worshiping here in Acts chapter 13, in other places, that same Greek word is translated as ministering. And the Apostle Paul uses it two different times to describe help that was given to him. Some church did something for him. They gave him some kind of material blessing. And he said they were worshiping. They were ministering. And so uh, it's easy to think that we can only do what we can do when we're gathered together. But even when it's like this, there are things we can be doing. And so let's be doing the things that we can be doing. It's not always about us sitting around together and singing and hearing together. Those are valuable, important times that we really miss. But it doesn't mean that we can't be working while we wait for whatever the new normal is going to be. There's action that is involved as part of this process. And so I would just ask you, how is the Lord, how is the Lord directing you about ministry that you could be doing right now? Maybe it's Bible studies, it's uh, attending, it's praying with people, it's, it's, it's sharing Christ on, online. I, I don't really know, but I know that God's given you, uh, he's given you opportunities. And so uh, you can do things. And so take advantage of the time that we have and let's do what we can while we can. The second thing is we need leaders. We always need leaders. We need you to ask the Lord where you can serve. If you're a believer, you have been spiritually gifted to benefit the whole body of Christ. We need people that have speaking gifts that can help and teach and do things like this. And, and now, right, the door's, the door's wide open. When we first came back, we, we didn't have the opportunity to, uh, at you know, 1030 at night in Kentucky on Saturday for me to be part of the service. But now that's pretty common. Derek's preaching from, uh, from, from uh, is he in Aberdeen? Is, is that where he is? And so, but Billy's preaching from here and there, and Mike's been, pre- there have been people from all over the world that have been sharing. Some of these have been live. Some of them have been recorded. We, but we need people to come alongside Sam physically and help with some of these kinds of things. We need people who can uh, teach and who can uh, and who can help that way. We need people who can uh, play instruments and can sing and, and people that can help us lead worship. If you're uh, gifted as a teacher uh, and you want to be helping with the preaching and you want to know kind of about the preaching philosophy and what we think and how we try to do this, we would love to talk to you about that and, 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 and help you as we get to transition back to weekly in-person meetings. We want to we be able to involve you if God's gifted you and prepared you and has you uh, in a place to do that. Uh, I would say we also need leaders that are stayers, right? As much as we talk about always sending and the importance of going, of going, we also need people who are stayers. Not all of us are going to just be in JV for some short amount of time. Some of you are, are Johorian, right? You're Kosong Satu. Is that the number? Is that this, is that this Kosong Satu if you're from JV, right? If you're from Joe Moore. And so some of us are always, are, are always going to be there. And so if you are local, we need you. We need that solid foundation of local people and long-term people that can help IBCBI continue to be the church that uh, it needs to be for decades and decades and decades to come. So we need leaders. That's the second thing. The third thing I would say is this. Please stay connected. One last picture from Antioch. In chapter 14, so all through 13, the Holy Spirit says, we want to, I want need to send out Barnabas and Saul. And they go to Cyprus, and they go to Antioch and Pisidia, and then they go on to uh, Iconium and Lystra and 
then uh, when all of that stuff is done, they come back again to uh, Antioch, this Antioch where they started in Syria. And in chapter 14, 24, it says this, they passed through Pisidia and they came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia and from there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that had been fulfilled. And they arrived and they gathered the church together and they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. We have got to stay connected. Once Barnabas and, uh, and Saul, Paul, when, when they went out, they also came back and they gave a report about what God had been doing and they were able to celebrate together the ministry that they had all had through Paul and through uh, Barnabas even though they weren't involved with it personally and physically. So this pandemic has allowed us this unique opportunity that we can stay connected in ways like this that we couldn't have done previously. And so we can't allow these kind of lessons to be uh, lost. We need to continue to include people in prayer meetings when they don't have uh, solid transportation. We need to figure out a way to have people in our Bible studies, no matter where they are, to worship with us as we move uh, closer back to whatever normal is going to be. When we're back, I think that we need to somehow maintain the connection that we've been able to have. Physically, we'll be together again, but, but I could be quite honest. Lots of times I could be there on a Sunday morning, physically close to people, but not connected at all. I'm thinking about the soundboard, I'm thinking about the sermon, I'm thinking about the time, and I'm thinking about the lights, and what happens to the aircon, and do we have enough coffee, and why is the water out, and all these different kinds of things that are going on. And I don't take any time, I don't connect with any people. And so the places that we've been able to connect relationally, let's continue to be connected relationally. Then, last, last, as we would say in Malaysia, last, last. Uh, all of this is built on the fact that we have a common connection. We work together, we worship together, we fast together, we serve together. We do all of these things because we are together in Christ. And no matter what happens to people, when we've sent uh, Philip and Shreen out to uh, Malmo, and when we've sent people to California, and when we've sent uh, out into Canada and all these different places, some people I, that I just know, I will never see that person again when I'm, when I'm alive here on earth. We know for sure that we will gather together again and we will worship the lamb around his throne because we are together in Christ. We're together in Christ. And so we need to uh, live in that promise that we are connected in Christ. But I would also say, if you're watching this, whenever it happens to be, and you would say, I'm not connected in Christ, then I would say, Jesus wants you to be connected to him. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you. He was buried. He was raised again on the third day so that you would have a full, abundant life. Jesus wants you connected to him, and Jesus wants you connected to his body, the church, so that you can understand and be a part of all of these things, so that you can have brothers and sisters that are spread out all throughout the world, and you can minister with them uh, in a virtual, hand-in-hand -hand sort of way, even when you can't be together physically. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that uh, even though we had uh, friends, even though we had uh, acquaintances, even though we had uh, people who, who would uh, try to advise us in the early days that uh, starting something like IBCBI wasn't 
wise, that Lord, we listened to your voice. Uh, Lord, there were, there were real risks involved and uh, there was difficulty and, and uh, there, was, there was a financial challenge and all these different kinds of things. And you met us and provided uh, at every step. Lord, there's been some, uh, there have been some painful, painful goodbyes for us uh, over the years as we've uh, sent people uh, on their way. But we've always been able to do that, recognizing that you love them and that you love the church and that uh, we all have always believed, Lord, that if you would take away something that matters to us so much, that you must have something better for us in return. And so, Lord, we pray for the, the continuation and the ministry in the future there at IBCBI. God, thank you for these values that bring us together, that we want to be people of the Bible, that we want to worship, that we want to grow as believers, that we want to pray for one another, that we want to share the gospel with everyone, every tribe and every tongue and every language and every nation. We want to send people around the world to minister and to make a difference. Lord, help us to be the kind of church that we aspire to be. Lord, these are uh, ideals, and, and it's just true that we fall short most of the time. But we place our faith not in our own ability, but we place our faith in you. And so we're thankful for the grace that you've given us. We're thankful for a picture like uh, Antioch, people who would take their very best and send them out, no matter what the sacrifice was. I, I pray you would make us to be people like that. And finally, finally, Father, I just pray for our, our countries in the health situation. Lord, I know there have been a, a, so many cases in Indonesia, so many cases in the Philippines. There have been uh, growing cases apparently in Malaysia, in the U.S., or there's uh, world leaders like Donald Trump who have just uh, been diagnosed recently. And so we just God, we pray for your uh, spirit, Lord, to bring peace on our earth. We pray for healing and we pray for health. God, we pray for our leaders to make wise decisions. We pray that you would uh, help us through the inconvenience and through the difficulty, Lord, would you show us the thing that we should do that's going to make this time uh, as productive as possible. We pray that you would uh, help us, Lord, to make a difference for the kingdom even during these days. So I thank you, God, for uh, Sam and for his leadership, for um, just Mark and Eddie and others, and Lord, um, for Basede and her family, they're people that are doing so much that uh, leading these Bible studies on Monday and for the ladies. And uh, Lord, I just, I just am so grateful for the team that you've put together there. And uh, Lord, I pray for those who are trying to get back. I pray that you would uh, provide and that you would bring them together quickly. And we just, we commit each and every one into your hands. And so thank you again for the opportunity we've had to worship. We ask Lord, that you would use us to be great senders. Lord, that the world would be changed because of what happened uh, there uh, in Bukadinda, in our hearts, in our lives, in that church building. We pray that you would, uh, Lord, make an eternal difference, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.